Welcome, welcome, welcome to Basketball Heads Live. I'm your host, Glenn Poole Harding. And tonight, we have a very special guest. This New York City legend was one of the main reasons the New York Gauchos created teams younger than their regular 17 and under. The legendary coach, Dave McCullough, would not join the Gauchos if he could not bring his younger players. Coach McCullum told the legendary founder, Lou Dalmeda, that one of these basketball heads will become a great player one day. And that one day will come when he transferred out of Rice High School to attend Harry S. Truman in the Bronx. At Truman, this basketball head became a legend by the end of his junior year. In 1984, the Truman Mustangs will win the city and state championship behind his MVP performance of 24 points, six rebounds, six assists. It was at that point, he became a top 10 player in the country. Looking for new pastures, he took his talents to Oak Hill Academy for his senior year before committing to DePaul University. At DePaul, his legend status grew in the Midwest and the rest of the country, serving the competition every week on national television. He became first-team All-American at DePaul, averaging 17 points and six assists, and was drafted 19 overall by the New York Knicks, hometown. This basketball head had an amazing 17-year career, being one of the most feared and respected point guards in NBA history. Help me welcome to the show, NBA legend, my man, Rod. Strickland. You're ready? You're ready? ready? Yes. 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 You have you just stepped into, into, into the world, world of chaos. chaos. Where everybody, Where everybody goes, goes hard. hard. Oh man, long time, man, long time. Welcome everybody to the room, to the basketball heads live. I know uh, that'd be like one of the longest intros I've done, man, but it was well worth it. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Definitely. Nah, nah, no doubt, man, no doubt. So, um, just getting right to it. Well, I like to ask all my guests when they first come on, you know, is uh, who introduced you to the game? Who introduced me to the game? Uh, I mean, I grew up in Mitchell Houses uh, in the Bronx, and I wanted to be like my brothers. So basically, that's that's where the inspiration came from. I used to go uh, to Mitchell Gym, you know, after school, before school, uh, and I would just watch the, the older guys play. And I wanted to be on the court with those guys. You know, my, my like, Players I idolized in the pros was Dr. J, Magic Johnson, George Gervin, you know, Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe. Uh, so those those guys, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, those were like my inspiration. But my brothers and, and the older guys around the neighborhood was the reason I wanted to play basketball. Yeah, I uh, was talking to my guy, Pop, the other day. Uh, guy I grew up playing basketball with, and his cousin name is Hard to Guard from the Bronx, mm -hmm. right? So I was mentioning I was having you on the show, and he was like, "Yo, trust me, tell your man that Rob brother was a killer and yeah. could shoot from anywhere." Yeah, I get like that. this just happened this week. Yeah, I get you know, that a lot. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they say you know he was better than me. I tell them that's not true, but <laughs> no, nah, but, but he was. I mean, he was one of the real reasons, you know, I, I kind of am who I am. You know, I had two older brothers. Uh, my brother Steve, he played early on, was pretty good, like flashy, passing, you know, handling the ball. I think I got that 
you know, that inspiration or that uh, look from him. And then Byron was just straight up score, tough, no nonsense. Like, don't play with him. Like, you know what I mean? So I think I got a combination of the two. Uh, yeah. Man, it, it seemed like it worked out pretty well, too, man. Yeah, it did. It worked out great. Trust me. It worked out great. So what was it like being part of that special group that Coach McCullough had that he wanted to bring to the Gauchos, that he would not join unless he had this group of kids come with him? Yeah, well, I mean, we were like, you know, we was like his uh, creative pieces. Like, we were like, you know, that he was, as we were trying to become better as players or become players, he was finding himself as a coach. And Dave was real, you know, he was self, he was confident, and I don't know what, and, and a lot of it was him trying to prove to people that he was the best coach. Uh, so, you know, we had a group of players, myself, Pedro Gervin, Ty Joy, and a host of, you know, the older guys. And we had a group. We had a couple group of, of, of teams that were really good. Uh, Lou Dalmeda had Dave coach uh, his older team. And, you know, he saw how special Dave was. And he, he gave him the opportunity to coach that team. But Dave said, if, if I'm going to come and coach with you, i got to bring my young group. And he basically told him, you know, to establish kind of a real organization, you had to have young guys because you had to have the next group. That's right. So he kind of introduced that to Lou Dalmeda because Lou was basically with mm. the So he basically gave him the structure of, yeah, okay, we have this older group. But I have these young guys, and they're going to be the next ones. So let's get them better, and then now we have, you know, we have a group. Now, that, that, that's how you build efficiency through a program. Gerald Green. Definitely. I see Gerald Green talking about we had some battles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely, man. All the guys, they, man. All the guys. That's guy, right? And just real quick, I went, uh, to, uh, I went to Oak Hill. I came yes. back. I think it was, what is it, the Golden Hoops or one of them. And yes. I thought it was sweet. You know, I thought I was, you know, and Gerald Green gave me fits. Woo! Like, yeah, I never forget because I was mad. He picked me up for half court, ripped me. Like, you know, Gerald, Gerald tough as nails. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. And so I'd never forget that. And, you know, he's from Brooklyn. I'm from the Bronx. So it wasn't always like this comfortable existence. You know what I mean? But then when we got to know each other, like, that's my guy. And I see Joe Jackson and, you know, those are yep. my guys. Killers, Listen, killers. That's, that's what all of the guys said. Spice, Silk, uh, John Johnson, you know, they were just saying, like, at that time, y'all wanted to go at each other. But as guys got older, they sit back and they think yeah, they appreciated those battles. Yeah, and it's, it's, it became nothing but a huge respect. That's like, so when you put that post on about you guys would have wanted it, you know, I took that some kind of way. <laughs> you, uh, yo, that was the bait. That was the bait. Nah, you know? nah, but I wasn't really <laughs> like that, right? So, because, you know, Silk and Spice, you know, they'll tell you, I'll tell you, like, they were a problem. And i never forget them walking in the Mitchell gym. You know, we run Mitchell. <laughs> you know, right, 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 right. Come in and, and those two dudes came in killing, right? So we've had battles and they've won, we've won. Uh, but I, I, you know, I just remember like how competitive they were, and you know, obviously they can ball, you know, and so like those are my guys. Much respect. Like they're they're all these names I'm naming, like they're a part of my history. They're a part of my growth. They're a part of me getting to that level because I had to battle against them, and I tell people all the time, New York made me that competitive. You know, I, I mean, Gerald Green is tough. <laughs> Yes. Jackson tough, John John tough, Spike Silk tough, and you know, around the Bronx, everywhere. So, you know, I had to play against competition and I had to, you know, I had to, you know, I had to bring it all the time. So, like, they're part of what I've been able to accomplish. Yeah, I, you know, we just always talked about that, me being a freshman that year and, you know, seeing these guys and how hard they work. And, and seeing what happened with Spice, which was very unfair. Um, I interviewed my coach uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he explained the whole thing of what happened. And it's just that like that barbershop talk, like that what if. You guys won it, and you earned it, and deserved it. Right. By far. No, no, um, no. But that, that was that. So I'm glad you're here, by the way. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't bite the bait now. I, I'll just tell you, I've watched you. You know what I mean? I like what you do. So I was Thank eventually going to get on. It's just, you know, just moving and shaking. But I was definitely getting on. So that, But I had to make a comment when you said that. Because I'm like, you just can't do me and Ty Joy like that. New York, that's right. That's right. That's right. But that would have been a, a crazy battle, and it could go either way. I'm not saying yep. I would have beat them, but I'm definitely not saying they would have beat us. But that would have been a battle, because I know I've been there done that with them. That's a long dance. <laughs> so. so, listen, did the game come easy to you, or was it a work in progress? Work in progress. I tell people that all the time. I think I had, I had the chance to grow. Like, you know, I'm sure I was one of the better players throughout me playing basketball, but I had to grow, you know, physically, mentally. I went through my, you know, ups and downs as a hooper. Uh, but I was allowed to grow. You know, we, we didn't have all this attention and media and people telling you what you are. So I always had anxiety. I never was comfortable with who I was as far as, like, I, I always tested myself against everyone. But I never, like, no, nah, let me not. I mean, you always walk on the court feeling you're the best. But I always felt like, you know, when I went from junior high school to high school, dag, am I good enough? When I went to high school to college, dag, am I good enough? When I went to college to the pros, am I good enough? So I always had anxiety to try to get better. I had anxiety to understand that, you know, I wasn't there yet. So I had a chance to grow. Like, you know, nowadays... They give the kids so much and tell them what they are. They almost make them like they're pros before they're pros. And yes. Sometimes that's, well, a lot of times it stunts your growth. Because if you don't have that anxiety and you don't think there's a lot more to go and you think you made it, well, you know, your ceiling gets short, you know. And I believe I had a higher ceiling because I still, I still was growing. I still was getting better. You was always hungry. I remember uh, sure. meeting you. Uh, the first day of Empire, and you introduced yourself. Like most guys at chess status, they just usually just say what's up because you already know who they are. Yeah, yeah, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was my impression of you, uh, of your character, because I always judge guys when I first meet them on how they greet you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was just like, you know, I'm Glenn, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm raw. And I was like, yeah, I know who you are already. You know, I'm fanning out, so. Yeah, no, nah, I just, I never assumed that. And, you know, I've always tried to maintain, you know, like I'm, when I'm with everybody, I'm like everybody. You know what I mean? Right. I know what I've done. I know what I've accomplished. I know what I'm capable of. But, you know, once we're amongst men and people, like, that's what it is. Mm. Yeah. So at that time when you was coming up, who was the best player in the neighborhood? Best play. I mean, the players in my neighborhood, I would say my brother, Byron, you know, Dedrick, Dredrick, you guys call him, but Dedrick Irvin, uh, you know, myself, Ty Joy, but there's so many more. Like, I hope they're not all watching because they're going to be mad if I ain't named. But I named my nah, brother. Listen, your your brother Carson, and Dedrick and Ty are enough. Saeed, like, you know, my brother, Byron, the Howards. I mean, I can go on and on. I'm, I'm a missing people, but like those guys were my inspiration. Like they, you know, I wanted to be like them. When I walked in that gym and I saw them playing, I was trying to figure out a way to play with them. Yeah, when I was in Maine and we didn't have a lot of New York action going up there, Dedrick entertained me for a whole year. Because mm -hmm. I knew he's from New York. I knew he played at Stevenson. I knew he was one of the uh, best guys coming out of New York City. And I just watched him because that's all we had to watch. And he was a killer. Definitely for BU, yeah. I remember watching him. If it's, these, if it's these times, it might be different. Like back then, if you didn't go to a top school, like a well-known school, they really didn't see you. And they wasn't. Right. Yeah, that's true. And they weren't, that's they weren't true. paying a whole lot of attention. You know, nowadays, you can go anywhere and become a pro. But it wasn't like that yeah. back then. And, um, nah. you know, uh, Dedrick was smart. So he was always in the books. Uh, you know, I tried to get him to go to Connecticut. They wasn't as good at that time. They was kind of at the bottom no. of the Big East. But I wanted him on a bigger stage. But, you know, Dedrick was, he was out of the whole group. He was the one who always was about education. Like more, you know, mm -hmm. his, he was more even with education and basketball where, you know, I was basketball. 
That's real. That's real. Salute to Dedrick, man. And listen, kids, you, you hear what he's saying? Right? It's those guys, those special guys that Dedrick was a special player. And you can do it on both ways. Yeah, and that's important. Yeah. That's what it's really about. That's what we're missing now. It's too much basketball, yep. and everybody's not going to make it. And if you don't make it, what's your backup plan? And I know it sounds, you know, you hear adults say that all the time, but it's the real deal. You know, this world no, is tough, real. man. It's a tough world. If you ain't ready for it, you know, you're going to have some issues. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, you know, the microwave uh, mentality and uh, my sponsor, Eric Hicks at Game Over, oh that was his thing, right? His thing was, what are you going to do when the game is over, right? So he, he came up with this trophy. He has he runs uh, clinics for kids, uh, basketball camps, tournaments. Uh, he running out the Stein Dome in Brooklyn yeah. and just trying to show kids through basketball that there's other ways that they can be successful. I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of ways to make money, especially now. Yeah. You got to be educated. Yep. You need some of that. You need knowledge and information to get it done. So, y'all, I didn't know you went to Rice High School. No one knows. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A lot of things I'm learning doing research on you guys, man, like Rice High School, how did that happen? Well, I mean, I, so, so I wasn't, I wasn't a student, like I wasn't into school, uh, and I was struggling in school. So my mother sent me to my sister for my, cause actually I got left back, cause I didn't go to school. Thank you too, yeah. So my, so my mother sent me to my sister up on Cedric Avenue. I went to CIS 229 for a year and basically got the education piece back going. And then I went to Rice and when I went to Rice, I was about an 80 student. You know, I was always, I, I wasn't dumb. It was like, I just wanted right, to right. myself. And so I went to Rice. Uh, I wanted to with an 80 average. You know, I was doing well academically. You know, I had a lot of detentions, but I was doing well academically. Uh, and then uh, I, I just wanted to play varsity basketball. And at Rice at that time, it was ninth grade freshman, 10th grade sophomore, and then you go... 11th and 12th varsity, well, but I was anxious right. and I wanted to play. And so mm. after my freshman year, I was playing JV. It was like preseason and I was killing. And I was like, I wanted a different challenge. So right, I asked, right. I asked to be moved up. They were kind of like, I don't know if we can do that. So they moved me up. They let me practice one day. I did well. And like the next day, it was like, we're not going to, we can't move you up just because you're going to leave if we don't. So I was like, all right, I'll see y'all later. I'm, I'm gone. So I, I convinced my mother to, uh, you know, to let me go to Truman High School. And, and I, you know, Ty Joy was at Truman. And, you know, that's my That's what I'm going to ask you. Like, yeah, what, was the, what, was the, what was the draw for you at Truman? Yeah, I, was, I mean, that, that, that was my guy. And, you know, we grew up playing basketball. And, so I went to a game. I think they played Tap High School. And I saw them run on the court. They had this little routine, come on the court, cross each other, the cheerleaders rocking, like the whole atmosphere. And I was like, man, I want to play there. I want to play with Todd. Wow. And so I told Lyle, like, man, I want to come play with you. And uh, he went, he told that. You know, I got there, I was like 5'8", buck 02. You know, Lap couldn't see it at first. He's like, this little skinny dude here. Uh, right. I, I always remember I had to sit a few games because of the transfer. And I remember mm -hmm. sitting there like the crowd was going crazy. Like Truman was some of the better, probably the best basketball days of my life. Mm. The crowd was going crazy. And I'm sitting there behind the bench and I'm like, man, I'm anxious. And I never forget the first the first game. It either was Stevenson or uh, like I forgot. It might not have been Stevenson, but I never forget going in the middle of the lane showing it and then dishing it off, you know, which was kind of my patent back then. And right. the crowd went crazy. And from then on, I was like the crowd favorite. But they gave, wow. they gave me and the team so much energy. Uh, and, you know, I got great friends to this day, you know, in that environment. Wow. That's crazy. And you wrapped up uh, uh, this little question that I was going to ask you too. You know, now, 
during that that year going into your junior year, uh, was it the basketball camps that got you better, the New York competition, or the traveling with the Gauchos, or all three? All of the above. Like, I mean, just playing in New York, especially, see, people don't know, basketball is, is moved everywhere now, right? And New York is kind of behind a little bit now. But there was a time when you was from New York, like, you walked in a gym or you went to a different city, like, you know, you was almost like an alien, you know what I mean? Like, people looked at you, you can almost scare people because you're from New York, you know what I mean? Right. So the New York City playing against all these great players, whether they were in high school, whether they were known, whether they were not known, whether they were street ballers, whether it was neighborhood guys, like it was always competitive. And, you know, I mean, it could be a fight or it could be people trying to challenge you to a fight. You know, you had to figure out so much back then. You know, you got right. bullies, you got dudes you probably can't beat, but now you got to play against them. How do you figure that out? You know what I mean? Then you try to play with the older guys. They want the ball. You got to win. So now you're the younger guy. How I'm going to help them win? How I'm going to make them happy? Then how I'm going to create my lane? So, like, New York helped me with all of that. So whenever I walked in the gym, I felt confident because I had to walk out on the street. I had to play in the parks you know, against all these guys. So now any environment I go to, I'm fine. You know, I know how to walk in the gym and take over the gym. And I and I don't mean that like in an arrogant way. No, I mean no, that, talk your talk. I mean that, That's I mean right. That in a way where I walk in the gym and I know how to get the ball, but I know how to make everybody else, you know, comfortable, right? Because, you know, I'm a point guard and I know I can get my own. So I always made sure I took care of others. So, you know, New York helped me with that. And then you go travel, you play against the top guys, and you find out you're better than them or you're as good as them. Then I went to, uh, I went to, I went to uh, Las Vegas tournament, and we had a crew, Buhav, Lloyd, I can go on and on, Lamont Thornton, uh, Mike Thornton, Dwayne Ivory, Dow, right? Like, we had a crew. And that was back then where, you had to win every game or you were done. So it was like a yeah. hundred teams and we took the whole tournament. And I got MVP in that. And when I came back home, I was top 10 in the country. But you know, I made my mark to everyone. Cause back then, again, it was Street and Smith, it was Blue Ribbon. Yeah. I didn't go to all the, uh, which, which stopped me from being a McDonald's All-American. Cause I didn't go to a uh, five-star my last year. Cause I hold grudges. <laughs> The year before, the year before I went there, and I thought I should have been like an all star, and I didn't. So I vowed not to go back the next year, which was a mistake. Well, I don't know if it was a mistake, but it it, it hurt me from being McDonald's all American. Yeah, listen, I, <clears throat> it's just like the the, the all star thing, right? I I just don't understand that because I have a personal thing with the NBA, how they treat our NBA players from New York. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I can go on a list from uh, them kicking, you know, not kicking, but, you know, after seeing Rayford doing well in the playoff, they're getting them out and not giving you your just due. And then, let's just say Steve Nash winning MVP twice for no reason, even though you're not from New York. But I just want to throw that in there. It's just a lot of things that I just see and I know that there's bigger hands in who does what and how successful one becomes. Now, just because you didn't go to that camp and they know that you're better than everybody else, should that keep them from no, not letting them play? It, it shouldn't have, but, you know, you got you had choices. Yeah, it's politics, but also you have choices, right? I chose not to go that route, so those were the consequences. So, I mean, I can... You can put that on them, but, you know, I put it on me. Like, those are the decisions I made. It's like the All-Star. You know, I think the way that I was, you know, my temperament, me not, probably not taking everything, me not, you know, just the way I was. I, and, and then, you know, professional-wise, I don't know if I was the best professional, right? Mm. And that hurt me. Mm. That hurt me, I mean, quite mm. honestly. So I got to take some of that, right? Now, should I have been an all-star probably four or five times? Absolutely. But the choices you make, right? You know, there's a system. 
that's how things go. And if you veer off from that, then you making a decision that you you know you you standing on your ground, but it could hurt you. And so you know that's that's how I look back at that. Like you know, because I tell people now, now that I'm retired, you know, I would love to be former four-time All-Star, you know, but I don't get that. And that's the choice I made way back then. If I could reverse and do it over again, I would maneuver differently. So you know, I gotta eat that. That's 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 real, man, and that's honest, man, and I salute you for that, man. Yeah, that's that's one hundred right there, definitely. So, um, <clears throat> you was recruited by some of the top colleges in America. Why did you decide to go to DePaul? DePaul was top five, top ten in the country every year. Uh, they played an up tempo game. Uh, they had a pipeline of guards from New York and New Jersey: Kenny Patterson, Gary Garland. Yes. I think it was someone else. You know, I was a DePaul fan. I loved the style of play. Uh, I knew I was best in the open court. I knew, I, you know, Villanova recruited me with Lap, who was my coach uh, in high school, and I didn't go there because of the style of play. St. John's, I didn't really like the style of play, but they had Mark Jackson, Syracuse at Pearl. Uh, so, Chicago DePaul was a great fit. I was a Kenny Patterson fan, uh, Mark Aguirre fan, Terry Cummings, and they were on TV all the time. So they were in WCN. Yes, yes. So they were uh, on, they were, they had uh, the most games on ABC and, I mean, NBC and CBS. Then they was on WGN. So every DePaul game, WGN was national. That was in everybody's home. So, Every game I played, I was on national TV. Yes. And I, I got that as part of my intro. You know, you serve in competition every week on national TV, which is true, because we always watch and root for you. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, during that time, right, we come up to that point where, you know, you, you, you're going against guys, some of the top guys in college and, you're facing top 10, top five guys that's going to be drafted. Who was the guy that you say, who asked you, Buzz, that let you know you was ready to get up out of DePaul and go to the NBA? It wasn't, it, it was never like one person. Like, honestly, and I would tell you if it was, but I played against David Rivers on national TV and he, he outplayed me that first game. But that let me know I'm right there. You know what I mean? Because Dave Rivers was a problem. And I was a freshman, he was a sophomore, and, and it was a tough game for me because I was playing against somebody who I watched play, and yes. it was really good. So then I started, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm getting there. Doug Collins came in, that, came in our locker room afterwards and kind of complimented me. Uh, and then we played Georgetown, and mm. Al McGuire was uh, he was doing the, the a broadcast, and again I went in, patented right hand, finished with the left against the bigs, and he was like a star's born. And you know how we are back then. I'm going back to the room, and I see that, and I'm like, and it was Georgetown. And Georgetown was tough. You know, I had to be focused and ready because I know they want to get up in you. You know, tough. So I think I'm, you know, ball handling wise, I'm like, nah, this not happening. <laughs> so. You know what I mean? So then when I was able to do that against them, who I respected, they were tough-minded, you know, I, I kind of started understanding that, yeah, I'm, you know, because when I first went to college, that's the difference now than, I mean, then, than now. I didn't yes. think I was a pro. I didn't know I was a pro. I, I went to college trying to figure it out. You know, I didn't go there saying I was a pro. That, that wasn't the case. But as mm. I played, was like, okay, you know. Now, once I started feeling out, I was ready to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. You start to see what it, what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. So listen, uh, this is the James Majors question, right? Because, you know, salute to my guy, James Majors. James Majors. Uh, he said when it was at Seton Hall, 
They used to get five dollars bill month for bill money. Right? Now listen, I went to Fairleigh Dickinson. Mm -hmm. Road trips, we used to get three hundred to five hundred dollars. Right. Right? right? So when I heard this, I was like, damn, we're in the northeast, y'all in the big east. Right. It's something not adding up right. Right. So during the time when you guys were in college, you know, and this is all legal. This is not breaking any rules, I'm right? Right yeah. now, I'm not even know the answer to that question. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, this is. Look, let me explain something to you. No, I know it's not breaking rules. I'm not even tripping off that. I just probably don't even remember way back then. But go ahead. <laughs> right. I so I I just think it was just one of the questions that I thought about ask guys. You know, because a lot of people don't know. When you're in college and you you know there's a long road trip, there's some per diem that's given to players, right. right? And I know back then that's how much it was given. Depending on how far we went to California, longer trip, it may have been a little bit more. Uh, and my coach sat down to me. I was a captain. He kind of broke it down and let me know <clears throat> this is how the business of basketball goes. Right. Right. So and, and you I say you don't remember. I wouldn't even remember how much money we got. Right. Like I have no Joe Joe Jackson said his was around uh five to fifteen as well. Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> None at all. So do you remember that Empire State team with uh uh Boo Harvey, Chivas, Don Middleton? Yes. Yeah. And Dwayne Shane. Everybody, but right. Yes, yes, I remember that. Pete Nice was on that team as well. The reason yeah. why I said that because Third base came out. He had the whole team on the back of the um the album. Oh really? Right, because he was telling everybody he was going to become a rapper, mm -hmm. and Shake was saying he was going to become an actor. He was just doing all these Frank Sinatra songs and you know just being a comedian. Right. And we young, we don't know that this is going to happen. Shake wound up going. And being, you know, movie star, TV star, and Pete Nice wound up being a rap star. Who knew? Let me, say, let me say this to you about Shake Dwayne Martin. So if you ever get him on this broadcast, you make yeah. sure you tell him, I'm pissed off he lied. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I've been wanting to see him since. So you remember the best damn sports show? He yes. Was with John Sally and Tom Arnold, I think it was. So yes. he was on there one time. And he sat there and he told Sally, because he was in the Nick training camp with me my rookie year. So he told Sally, he said, he didn't make the Nick team because they were trying to trade me. <laughs> and so they couldn't trade me, so they let him go. And I, I wow. saw Sally afterward. I said, Sally, how you let that man tell that story? <laughs> like, like you were, I'm a first-round pick. They're going to try to trade me, and then you never play in the league. Like, what kind of story is that? So, I'm and then you become a Hollywood actor. Yeah, so I'm like, why you chose me to, to make up that story? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was a little disrespectful. <laughs> like, why? You, you validate the story. You validate the story. Like, if you say, bro, it's true, then it holds some weight. He told a cold lie on national TV. <laughs> I'm definitely going to remind him. I'm yeah, definitely going to remind him of that. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Um, my man D the big man said, Where's my basketball, Rod? You owe me a basketball. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude is crazy. Yeah. People pop up and say all kinds of things. All right, so now, you know, um, listen, 17 long years in the NBA, brother, salute. Thank you. Cause the average I was like three years. Guys, last in the NBA, the average like three or four years. Something like that. Yeah. Seventeen. That's like Kareem numbers, man. Yeah, nah. I, yeah, I feel every year too. That's it. Hard. Let me tell you something, brother. I haven't played in the NBA not one cent, and for you to play seventeen, yeah, woo. I've been, been blessed for sure. Been blessed. You know, like I said, seventeen years, and to play at a high level most of those years. Uh, now nah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Like it seemed like a dream. Like I'm not even for sure I did it. It's, it seems so long ago, and, but uh, you know. But I, I mean, can't beat it. You know, the, the thing you love the most to be able to do it for 17 years and then coach. And now you know, working with the NBA, so it's been great. 
Yeah, like, how did you get into coaching? Uh, when I finished playing, I still wanted to play. I almost went overseas. I almost played with uh, Vita Sabonis. Actually, I signed. I had my bags packed. And the day wow. I to leave, I chickened out. Like, I kind of left them at the altar, to be honest with you. Mm. And, uh, and so, like, because once I retired, I, you know, it was rough because I didn't know what to do. Because every day, you know, your day is around basketball. So that means if you hang out all night or whatever you're doing, I'm in some kind of gym during the day or at night. And so once I retired, it was hard. And so I was like, man, I called a friend of mine, like, I need a job. I need to do something. And so called Cal, uh, told him I, I was looking for opportunity. Milt Wagner had just left to go to uh, UTEP. So Cal brought me on as like, a, I don't know, he made up a something slash manager and I was a part of the staff. And, wow. and I was making like $1,000 a month, like mm. two years. Uh, so, and back then, if you look back, NBA players were not taking college jobs. Like that right. was almost beneath him. Right. Every man was there, might have been one other, and then it was me. Yeah. So all that influx of college, you know, pro coaches, that came after that. Because no one was doing wow. that. Like, you can go look back and count. Like, I know Danny Manning. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, you was one of the first, yeah. You and Danny Manning, yeah. Y'all definitely leaders of the pack at that time. Yeah. You know, and it's very important what you said, you know, uh, and a lot of guys who come up here, and, and they tell a story, and they always get to that point when the basketball is over yeah. and trying to figure out what to do. And for people who don't play basketball, they don't realize we put so much of our lives, and especially guys who go to the NBA, it's, it's a rigorous job, yeah. right? Yeah. On your body, on your mind, just on everything, and then dealing with the finances and everything that comes around with being a professional. Mm -hmm. And then once that's over, it's transferring to the next step. And you transfer very well, brother. Yeah, no, you've been with a lot of successful programs, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And, and it's not easy. That's why, you know, I've been lucky, you know, right situation, right people. People gave me an opportunity, you know, even when others wouldn't, you know, because that's why I didn't, you know, I didn't go from the NBA as a player to, like, my NBA team. Right. Because of reputation and whatever they thought of me. So I wasn't going to get that opportunity, so I had to go to college route. And Cal gave me an opportunity he, he he even gave me time to grow, right? Because I still was in NBA mode, you know what I mean? I still didn't know the coach professionalism, so Cal let me grow. And if it wasn't for that, then I don't, you know, I'm not here where I'm at. So, you know, like, I, I, I give a lot of credit to Cal. I appreciate it. Salute Coach Cal for that, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, man. That's dope. So I'm, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. At what age did you know Kyrie was going to be a great player? No, I didn't. My brother told me how good Kyrie was. So, you know, mm. man, I was traveling. I was hooping. So, I didn't see all of that. My brother, Kyrie was like in ninth grade. My brother called me like, yo, he's a pro. I didn't really get to see Kyrie play till 11th grade. He went, mm. to LeBron, he went to LeBron's uh, LeBron's camp, and I saw him. I'm like, wow. You know, I saw all of this. And, you know, so... You know, like, you know, people try to put me with Kai, you know, we family and all that, but that's Pops, you know, Pops. Pops uh, built that and, and raised that. Uh, you know, I'm sure- Oh yeah, I definitely know that. I'm sure there was some inspiration in between, you know, watching and seeing and being around, but, you know, but Kai is like, I'll never forget people would say, you know, that he reminded them of me. And so, you know, I stuck my chest out a little bit for a little bit. And then, after, then as I started watching him, like I watched him in Duke, and then when he went to the league, I was like almost embarrassed if someone said that. Because I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, he's at a different level. Like, what he does... It's like 2.0. It's like 2.0, yeah, like the next what version of you. So <laughs> I was a ball handler where I reacted to everything. Like, so if you come at me, I can handle it any kind of way, but I was reacting. Kai is like just making up stuff right in front of you and then giving you the reaction. Like, 
it's, it's, it's so much different. I think we're we're real similar as far as getting to the basket and making layups and right. You know, we both really good ball handlers, but he's he's a more creative ball handler. You know what I mean? Like I can handle it; they're not taking it from me. But he's more creative, like way more creative. Mm. And he has that trigger. I didn't have that trigger. Yes, yes, he can shoot that thing. Yeah, he can shoot that thing. Um, yeah, he did have a trigger. Huh? Yeah, he did. Oh, my, my guy, my I artist. Had, I had a 15, 17 foot trigger. Kai got a, a 30 foot trigger. <laughs> yeah, see, and that was going to be my next question. Uh, there you go. My dude, uh, uh, PW Champ said, How was it playing against Mike? I mean, What's his he's, name? He's, he's Mike, you know what I mean? I mean, he's obviously the, what people consider the greatest player. I, I, I say don't forget Magic, you know what I mean? I, mm. I hate when people just skip over Magic. But, uh, right. I mean, he's MJ, man. He's legendary. Trump he's been uh, You know, I mean, well, I don't know, like, what else is there to say? Like, he's MJ. No, nah, no, nah, definitely, definitely. Well, six champions. Ships, you know, competitor, you know, you take your your heart out your out your chest and let him. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's injured. Real, real. We didn't want. We was just giving you props on how you bust his ass that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's what we want. You can ask that question. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? You said no something about jumper. I said no. You had the ratchet. Yeah, like you know. But it was it was it was limited. It was 15, 17 foot. I'm gonna make that. But uh, my MJ, you know, I was a guard. I was smaller. I could handle the ball, especially if I'm out in the open court. So I gave bigger guys. You know, some problems with that, uh, and so I was able to maneuver with MJ. Obviously, you flip it; he's too big, too strong, too athletic for me to guard him. But they would always put him, or they would always end with either him or Scotty on them. Yes. <laughs> and they would start after a while with Ron Harper on me, so they kept length on me. Now MJ would be the only one who would jam me. Cause they let him do whatever, so he could like chop me up. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to figure right, out right. moving with that. But Scotty and Ron used to always kind of get me, cause they knew they had the length to recover. So I had mm. to figure out. You know, I had to. There was a game inside the game. That's why I had to try to get out in the open court, cause now I can kind of wiggle and you know give them angles. But then when we were in half court, it was a little harder because of the length and them gap me. So if my jumper, which could be inconsistent, wasn't on, I had to find out different ways. You know, I had to create different ways to get off and help the team. Now, wasn't the fact that you have really huge hands, right, yeah. early on, yeah. that your jump shot, like you didn't really work with, like the jump shot didn't come off the right way because your hands are so big as you used to use the palm of the ball? No, I don't know. I don't think I've ever was taught how to shoot a basketball. I think I did it myself. You know what I mean? So I just didn't have the mechanics. I just and then I'm from New York. New York, we were taking guys to the hoop. You know, yeah, it can yeah. get the crowd going. And we played That's outside. Right. The wind is blowing. So you know, we weren't trying to shoot jumpers. So at what age could you palm the ball up? Oh, I never really could palm the ball. Like when I got to the league, I could palm it for a second, but I don't. I never really like. But I, I do have hands, and that helped me catch the ball. It helped me to maneuver. You know, yeah, because you, you used to move that thing. It, it, it didn't just stay there. You used to move it. Yeah. So it just looked like you was palming the ball in the air while you was moving that thing so people couldn't block it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was trying to create an advantage. So I knew. Mm. I knew well, I practiced every angle off the backboard. So Billy Donovan talks about that to this day. Yo, hold on. Yo, hold on. Come on. I need a, yo, let me explain something to you. I need a damn Billy Donovan bell. Let me explain something to you. Billy Donovan is the most mentioned New York City basketball player on my show. Really? That's crazy. Nope. Let me tell you. He done gave people numbers. I'm talking about shot people lights out. Yeah. Being at camp. And he's like the first white guy people saw that gave people the business. His name comes up on my show once a week. Nah, Easy. Yeah, yeah, but he, 
But he, he watched me at, at SUNY Purchase sit there for two hours and just doing trick shots off the backboard. And so I studied the backboard so I can hit it off every part in any angle. So I knew if I get in the lane, I'm, I'm going to look to create the contact. I'm not letting you hit me first. I want to hit you first because mm -hmm. I want to I create you moving backwards. So if I hit you and we separate or you, you, know, you get me and I'm moving, I just knew where to throw the ball. So I could do it at any angle, right? So it's hard for a defender because he don't know where the ball is coming at. And so I studied it. I practiced it. I wanted to be Dr. J with all the, you know, that thing, that reverse layup started with Dr. J. You know, George Gervin with the touch shot and finger rolls. And I just was creative and like, like, I, I wanted to get N1s, right? That was like mm -hmm. my <laughs> So when okay, I would okay. go in there and I will run into a big guy's chest and score, right. I could see it in their face. I could see it in their eyes. Like, that was the worst feeling for them. Because they sitting there like, like, how do you keep doing that? You know what I mean? And then they're big, so they got this little dude kind of just coming in and being aggressive. And so that was a, like a psych job for me. You know what I mean? Like, that was my mantra. Right. Like, I'm going to come and run you over. Like, that was, you know what I mean? That was my mojo. Only one guy who really gave me problems, and that was Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace mm -hmm. played with the Wizards. He got on the team. He just came to, we were working out in the summer. He's, he wasn't drafted or anything. He came and worked out with us in the gym. So I walk in that gym, and I see this guy, and I'm going to the basket, laying it up, and he keeps blocking my shot. <laughs> like, what the is this? Like, right, like, right. I keep looking at him and keep doing it. I'm like, wow. Right. So he made the team and in practice, same way. So he goes to Orlando and then uh, Detroit. And I swear, he used, to always, he used to tie me. Like, he just had it down pat. And mm. I used to be like, man, I, I couldn't stand him for that. <laughs> and that's my guy. But I was like, he just tied me so much. Like, he was just really good at it. Wow, he, he's a one-on-one -on -one because when I, I hear those guys talk on open court, none of them guys said he can block his shot. Even Shaq said he had a hard time blocking his shot. So well, It's funny with Shaq because I'll never forget it. it was a fast break. And I basically put the ball in his chest and laid it up. Right? <laughs> and refs, it was crazy because I used to do that from time to time and refs wouldn't call it. But I would almost put it in his chest and then go lay it. And, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. And, and one thing I can compliment you two on from when, when you left New York City, what you did with your body and what you was able to do and, and on the health side of things, right, to get yourself to the next level. So I was very impressed by that as well. Well, it took a while. I lived and I think I naturally got bigger, but I didn't really lift weights till a, a guy named Dow Joe, like, basically pumped me in the NCAA tournament. Like, I'm still looking for Dow Joe. Like, <laughs> like, Daryl Joe. And he, and to be honest with you, you can probably YouTube it. Like, he took me out of the game. Like, he pumped me, tripped me, bullied me, and I wasn't ready. Like, I just wasn't prepared for that. And wow. I never forget, I walked off the court, and it's a guy from my neighborhood named Darren Burnett. He was an older guy, went to Columbia University. He was one of the best. And I'm sorry, when I talk about the best people from my neighborhood, I should have put him on that list. Gotcha. Um, and he stood, as I'm coming off, he's standing right, you know, as you're coming in the little walkway, and he's just standing there shaking his head. Shaking his head. And I was so mad. Like, I was, I was mad, embarrassed, deflated. So from there... We, we got eliminated. We were supposed to win. We got eliminated. I get back home in front of the gym, and he's going at me. Like, he's talking about me. But that Dale Joe situation stayed in my head that whole summer. Wow. I got back to school, and then I ate weights. Like, I was like, where's the weight? Because <laughs> this is never going to happen to me again. Right. And I always wanted Dale Joe to make it to the NBA. Like, I just wanted, like, because he talked. Just, just talk. 
after he did it, he talked so much. Like, he, 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 he dogged me out in the newspaper. Like, he ain't really that good. Da, da, da. And I had no, like, what can I do? Like, he, you know, he outplayed me. He made me look really bad. And it was like I had to eat that. Wow. I, I'm definitely going to look that up, too. For and sure. Somebody, somebody just said him and Boo Hall had similar games. So I want to say something about that. You know, me and yeah. Boo Hall was like this. We were freaking frack. Like, we used to say we was cousins. We used to. Right, 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 right. With the pick in our hair. Like, we were like this. So, but I, like, Boo was like, for me, looking in the mirror. Like, mm. I, I admired Boo, and I think he admired me, like, game-wise. And, and we were similar because we were kind of quiet. Wasn't real, like, super quiet on the court, you know, but stuck to ourselves. So I think we saw a lot of each other in each other. And, man, I, Boo was, like, watching me, man. Like, or, and I, like it was just a reflection. The way he, he, I mean, it was just a lot. The way we laid up, the way we halfway had our bodies to the side and shot shots, like, like everything was, the, and it's crazy because we don't know each other. He's in Queens, I'm in the Bronx. But we were so similar. You know, I think, you know, I obviously got taller, got stronger, but we were like, we were real, real similar, man. And Boo Harvey was on that team when we took it all in Vegas. And man, it was such a pleasure to play with Boo, man. And we haven't spoken or seen each other in years. You know, time goes on, life goes on. But man, Boo was like, one of the best, like, people, players, like, the playing the backcourt with Boo Hall, seriously, like, that was an honor to me. I had so much fun. Like, we were killing people together. Yes, like, yes. It was like, and he made it so easy for me. I think I made it easy for him. We yeah. were one hand with the ball, one off the ball. There was no egos. There was no selfishness. If he got off, if I got off, we encouraged each other. We looked out for each other like boo is like like i said i haven't spoken to boo in a while but so much respect for boo Hall. oh listen man i've seen it up close at the empire state games man and the way you guys is decimating all those guards yeah. and the fact that i think the, when you guys just walked on the court the game was almost over because the starting five was just so crazy yeah. i think it was you boo harvey dow militant uh Derek Chivas. Yeah. And That's Eric Brown. They're achievers. Like, Yo, Rod. One, one of the coolest, funniest. Yes. And, and he's a killer. And don't play with him. And, like, he's giving you buckets. And he's the most thorough, straight-up, real person you could ever meet. Yes. A favorite yes. to this day, the achievers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one incident... When the, uh, the press wanted to talk to them, and he made everybody sit on the floor. And the whole, all the press sat on the floor. He's like, I'm not going to talk to y'all, y'all sit on the floor. And all of them sat on the floor to talk to him. And I was sitting there going, yo, this is crazy. See, one of the, the different dudes, but I mean that in the best way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, don't take no mess, funny, competitive, but like a real good dude. Real good. Yeah. So, did make being a, like a big time player? Did that help you in coaching? Any? Well, I had to get used to coaching because I played, and you know, I'm a point guard, so I know the game. But there was so many different angles to look at it as a coach. And then I wasn't the most disciplined person professionally, right? I mm. get on the court and play. So there was mm. things that I had to adjust to. And I really understood being late or certain things that I did, how it affects things, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, like, being there with Cal and sitting around asking him questions, watching what he does, uh, it just helped. It just helped me grow. But it was, you know, some guys can come off that court and they automatically can coach. I believe I needed time. Like, I don't think I could have done it just because of the, the discipline part, just, I don't, just right. the professional part. I had to grow, you know what I mean? So it, it, it took some time. But once I, I remember, I remember Cal putting us in the office and telling us, I want you to watch five games 
five tapes of games for every team, and I want y'all to give me a scout report. It wasn't for him. It was more for us. And that took it. Then I started growing. Because I remember, man, I sat down and I had to I'm, – I'm watching games and then I'm trying to do a scout report. And it was like one play. You know how you have uh, one play and you have all these options. But I was running mm -hmm. the ball separately. I was taking hours. Like it just – you know what I mean? Like just little stuff like that. I had to learn and, and I had to grow into that, uh, you know, the details. Because me as a point guard, as, as someone who wasn't super talkative, I knew where everyone should be at. I knew the defense. I knew, you know, I would do stuff like we in practice and you're not running hard or you got the back of your head to me, I might throw the ball and hit you in the head and say, my bad, you was open just so you know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or I'll turn it over just so, like, if you ain't running hard enough, I'll throw it. And then, you know, in practice and you don't get it, yo, you open, keep running. You know what I mean? So those things I did. But as, as, as a coach, it just was different. You know, how you talk, how you set it up, how you put everything together. It just was different. Okay, okay. So now you're at the University of South Florida? No, I saw you put that in there. I actually work for the NBA now. I'm a, oh, okay, okay. I'm a little slow on that. My bad. Yeah, no, it's all good. I'm the director of the professional path. Of wow. The team. That's with the high school guys. You know, the high school elite guys that are coming into the G League? Right. I'm managing that. So I kind of... situations and You know, so we have... That's why I'm in Oakland now. We have the players here and their one-on-one workouts and all that. Got you. No wonder my, my guy, Coach Sean, kept throwing up Khalil Bradley name. Yo, he's the killer of the city. Yeah. Bitch, my guy, Khalil Bradley, Khalil Bradley. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see why he was doing that now. Okay. Yeah. yeah, listen, let me tell you something. I've been watching him since he was a sophomore. And I told his father, I said, that kid going to be a future All-American one day as a sophomore because he was just doing things that other kids was doing right. at that level. And he was only in 10th grade then. Yeah. And he definitely destroyed the city last year. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, again, <clears throat> and not because he's my guy's son, I really go and watch all of these guys play. Right. Um, I've got Malachi Smith for St. Ray's, and you got Juan Colos and... Uh, Jefferson, so yeah. they, those guys keep the New York spirit alive that, you know, when you guys, when you're talking about being in the gym yeah. and having that energy, yeah. Yeah. this is that same energy that these young guys are bringing. And it's not that many. Yeah. Because my next question is, and before we get out here, uh, two more, what's your perception of New York City basketball? I don't, like, I don't have a perception. Like, I, I know, I know it's, it's you know, it's different. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I haven't, how can I say this? I, I haven't probably invested enough time to see it all. Because what, you know what I mean? To make that assessment. I don't know. I know what I hear. Uh, so I know New York is, is kind of down. But, I mean, everyone's up. So now we just got to get back. You know, we, we got to get back to it being about basketball. Got to get yeah. Got to teach these guys how to play basketball. I love street basketball. I love that concept. But that's, you know, got to figure out how to, you know, that there's a way to play outside and there's a way to play to become a pro. Or to, yes. You know, and so, you know, we, we just got to get better. Got to teach. Got to have the right adults. Uh, it it, it got to be about, you know, helping these kids grow. Got to be about teaching them not only on the court, but just the, the mentality of progression, like humility. Cause you know, we kids, it's easy to be cocky. Like I can walk in the gym and believe I'm better than anybody else. But if That's I want right. to get better, there might be some people in that gym that can teach me some things. So That's I right. gotta be willing and humble enough to accept and take all of that. And I think we miss out on that so much. I think we, we so into the, chest pump and uh, trying to embarrass everybody and, you know, trying to be the best dude and I'm the best that 
you know, you may not be the best because you think you're the best. You know what I mean? And so there's some lessons in between that that you better be willing to right. accept. We're going to come back. Hold on. I'm going to cut you off because the time about to run out. I want to show you your art piece, right? What my man cooked up yeah, for you. I'm and we come right back, all right? Follow your lead. All right. I'll come right back.